Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Daryl Evans, who is a serial entrepreneur and host of the Mind Shift podcast. Daryl, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. No, happy to have you on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things that you like to do for fun, that would be great. Yeah, so Daryl Evans, uh, born and raised here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh Let's see what I like to do for fun. Um, I'm a golfer, although I'd like to be golfing a bit more than I am t- currently. So 2022, that's definitely up on the list. I love to travel. Uh, I love to cook. Uh, I'm not a chef, but I'm an avid cook. Uh, so I'll spend a little time in the kitchen. And uh, those are those are probably three of my, my top things to do for fun. Yeah, love it. Love it. Tell us a little bit about your serial entrepreneurship journey and what you're doing now. Yeah. So what I'm doing now is uh, for the last 11 years, uh, we've had a digital marketing agency. We started around 2011 early. And uh, for the last 11 years, we've been helping uh, small and mid-sized companies uh, grow revenue. Uh, that's literally what we do. Uh, you can think of all of the typical tactics and strategies that you hear out there on the web. Uh, but our clients hire us to do to do one thing, one thing only, and that's to drive revenue. So for the last 11 years, I think we're we're well north of $300 million in, in, in sales revenue for clients. Uh, including one company who went on to exit, uh, got bought by their biggest competitor. So we're really proud of that. Uh, but my entire entrepreneurial story started when I was 20. I started a business out of the trunk of my car when I was in college, uh, literally just to put some money in my pocket. They call it a side hustle. Um, and uh, But that led to an early uh, stint in sales while I was also holding down a you know professional management job. And I uh, went on to finish college and then went into the mortgage industry and started a few other uh, businesses, ended up owning a mortgage company and uh, some other things. But yeah, so 31 years as an entrepreneur, super excited, still fired up every single day. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And tell us a little bit about your motivation, what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Today, you know, my, motiv- my motivation today is um, it's a legacy, it's a work called legacy that a lot of, I didn't, I didn't plan on that becoming my motivation today, but I'm 51. I've got multiple grandchildren with uh, one on the way. Um, And, you know, we live at a time right now where, at least in my lifetime, there's never been a better time in history to leave a footprint of your existence on this planet. And I think that there's an obligation that I have to have been fortunate enough to get involved in this digital space, um, involved in technology and my understanding of technology, to leave a little bit of a footprint and a roadmap of where I was, what I did, who I helped, how I helped, so that my great, 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 great grandkids will have an opportunity to see that. And so that's part of what I'm doing today. And I also have another big mission. And that is, you know, there's an unbelievable statistic that uh, has followed me around and I've been paying attention to it in the work that I do. And that is most uh, entrepreneurs who start businesses actually fail. I mean, the fact of the matter is 90% of them don't make it to five years. Of the 10% that make it to five, only I think 90-ish percent of those fail in the next five years. And the, here's the other statistic, though, that bothers me the most. It's not failure, because obviously people fail at a lot of things. 
Um, th those statistics are in real estate or in mortgage lending and law. I mean, every entrepreneurship is hard. The part that bothers me the most though, is that most entrepreneurs never actually own the business. They actually own a job and there's a distinction, right? If you, a lot of people I work with have left corporate America, started a business, and we're not talking about the ultra wealthy who bought a company uh, for cash flow purposes. That's called an investor. But most people are technically talented and go into something and they start a business doing the thing that they're talented in and quickly find out that the thing that they love to do is not actually how you grow the business. <laughs> and, and so they get lost in this thing and they get to 200,000 of revenue, 300,000 of revenue, and it is paying the bills. Don't get me wrong. It's paying the bills. But I hear the same common themes over and over again. And that is I'm overworked. I'm overwhelmed. I don't have a team I can trust. I can't take vacation. I'm stressed out. I'm losing sleep at night, blah, blah, blah. And the fact of the matter is there's a better way um, by putting in some systems that are very uh, simple to put in. Um, and, and marketing strategies, adding sales staff, team hiring, and it's not as hard as it looks. And so that's another one of my big missions. I, I really want to unlock uh, the entrepreneurs that are trapped and, and get to that seven figure mark because things look a little different at seven uh, than the conversation when they're at three or four. And it's, it's good to get to three or four. Don't get me wrong. It's good to get to five. It's good to get to six figures, but the game really gets started then. And I like to unlock uh, the problems that I find at that level. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so do you suggest putting in those systems to get to seven figures or putting in the systems once you're at seven figures? So great question. There's a couple of things you don't have to do much. Uh, if you get to the couple hundred thousand dollar revenue mark in your business annually, you don't need many systems, but you definitely need a system for your customer attraction process. You just, you really just need one. You don't need to be on every digital marketing channel on the planet to pull off 200 to 500, 500 to uh, a million. You really don't need, and that's where, where I <laughs> spent a lot of my time pulling people away from all of this overwhelm because you just really need one channel to get to a million dollars. That's number one. So what is that system gonna be? You really only need to serve one type of customer to get to a million. There might be 10 different types of customers you could serve, but let me take a lawyer, for example. Uh, there could be a, a lawyer that has multiple practices underneath their umbrella. They might be a business attorney, they might do criminal, they might do uh, personal injury. I'm just kind of making this up as I go. The problem is we should not be trying to get all the business for all those channels. We should figure out the channel that could get us to a million. So we laser focus because what the work you do for a business client uh, in law is not the same as what you're gonna do for a criminal law uh, a client. And it's not the same as what you're gonna do for you know, a personal injury client. Sure, you're practicing law, <laughs> right? But your mind and your strategy is too spread thin. So we want narrow focused attention on the type of customer, the niche that they're in, the problems they need to solve so that we can get narrowly focused. And once we do that, we can actually figure it out. The other piece is you've got to get automation in to your business at several levels, not many. There's two or three key pieces of automation that you need to put in your business so you get untrapped behind all of this stuff. And so there, there's that. Um, and you don't need five people to pull that off, right? You don't need five people to get to a million dollars. You do need a couple of people though, because usually what I find is people that get to the uh, 100, 200, 300,000, $400,000 range is they have a lot of technicians. I'm using some general terms. They're the expert. They have some technicians to do the work, but they don't have a marketer. They don't have someone running sales. They don't have someone handling the money. 
and they don't have someone driving demand. And so it's generally those kinds of things. So you can get technology in and leverage platforms like Google, Facebook, and some of these other tools. And it just takes uh, a load of energy off of that run to seven, seven figures. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying if you get narrowly focused, it, you can pull it off easier. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I often hear the phrase, you got a niche to get rich. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that is something that came up, you know, in my stint as a realtor. So for sure, man. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit about your vision for your digital marketing agency right now, your podcast and your life in general. Wow. Three big questions. <laughs> digital marketing agency podcast and my life in general. Let's go to the agency. So the agency is 11 years old now. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting, the work that we're doing on the agency right now. We just finished about a seven-month project working with a consulting firm to help us build out uh, SOPs, better SOPs, structure, because we're not the same company we were, you know, a few years ago, three, four, five years ago. We're not the same company we were 11 years ago. So now we're at the point where what can we put in place? Uh, I'm going to call it the how we do it here model so that when we bring in new team and staff and as our team gets bigger, there are duplicatable processes in play. We, we, we've done well, but it's got to be a little bit cleaner. So we brought in a team to help us do that. We just finished that project. So systematizing so we can grow. The, uh, go back to some advice that you and I just talked about. We are actually starting now to turn away certain industries that we've worked with in the last uh, six to 10 years. And we are actually doing the same advice that I just gave you. We're getting narrowly focused into a couple of niches and we're actually going to say bye-bye to a few of those other ones. It isn't because we couldn't serve those it's just that we've really analyzed our systems and processes and realized we really do well in a couple of places. So we're doing that. Uh, but the idea for the agency is a couple of things. Number one, to continue to scale through what we're working in and, and the impact we're making. But then we also aren't doing 95% uh, of the people that come to our agency to talk to us about advice or, or strategy. They're really not ready for an agency like ours, meaning they're not ready to invest in the size of a team that we bring to the table uh, to help them scale. And so our next big plan is to really build out our education and coaching model so that we don't turn away the 95 out of 100 that are looking to do it themselves in their business or hire someone on staff. And so that's a big focus for us. Um, podcast, the podcast for me, the MindShift podcast, uh, first of all, people ask me all the time, why do you say MindShift versus Mindset? And it really just has, it has a lot of meaning in my own life. And I had some mistakes. I made some mistakes along my way. And I realized that my mindset is what got me into the problem in the first place, because sometimes, you, you know, we talk about it motivationally minded and, and inspirational wise being, uh, having an inspirational mindset, but when you're making mistakes, and by the way, this was nothing tragic as far as like breaking the law and stuff like that. But when you make mistakes and you end up in a pit and you're wondering how in the hell did I get here? Sorry, if I, you wasn't supposed to use that word, good. you know, you have to figure out, okay, now that I'm here, what in the world has to change? And I, the word shift, I have to shift the way I thought that got me here. I always say today, it's, it's easier to say today than it was 20 and 30 years ago, but uh, you know, we always tie, we find ourselves in a mess sometimes in life. And we're always looking outward at the problem or the thing that they, that we're sitting in. And we're looking at the causes or the reasons of the people involved that got us there. And my coach, my, one of my coaches and mentors pretty much said it this way, uh, that whenever your life was screwed up, you were there, which means take ownership for your role that led you to be in the vicinity of whatever it was. So it could have been that someone did something to you uh, and hurt you, and now you're hurt. 
but you were in the vicinity. You made decisions to be in or around that situation, whether that was a person, whether it was a company that you stayed working at too long and then they took advantage of you, whether it was a relationship and someone cheated on you. Well, they, they showed you signs they were going to cheat on you. You just chose to ignore them on and on and on. So that's a big reason why I call it the Mindship Podcast. And so really, um, I don't think I've got all the answers. Um, and so I really enjoy sitting down with other thought leaders, other experts and interviewing them and having them break down their journey from inspiration to realization. And when life knocked them down, how did they go from breakdown to breakthrough? So I've got my stories, but I want to hear about everybody else's stories. And the biggest thing I want to try to get people to understand is that no matter where you are, it might seem like you're stuck, but you're not, but you're really just one shift away from the breakthrough you're looking for. And I also want people to understand that you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. Someone has gone through what you're going through. And sometimes we just need to see that someone else has gotten through it and it could help us up. So it's an inspirational podcast for entrepreneurs. The last question is uh, about my life. Huh, vision for my life. Was that it? Vision? Yep. Um, vision for your gosh. life. Have as much fun as I possibly can. Feel as good as I possibly can. And make as big an impact as I possibly can. And those sound very vague, but... I realized that the only thing I can control are those things. I can't control the impact that someone believes that I made in their life. I can't control whether someone's going to take my information or advice and execute on it. I, and I, I used to struggle with that, to be honest with you. I used to do coaching. I used to do one-on-one -on -one stuff. And for about six or eight years, I stopped doing one-on-one -on -one coaching because I just didn't understand why people wouldn't do the thing that they paid me to coach them to do. And I just got tired of wasting my time. Now it's funny, 2020. Two, I'm going back into a one-on-one -on -one program and inviting some people into that. So I'm, I'm, I've, I've matured. I've matured <laughs> in my thinking, but, um, but I can only control what I do to take care of my body, my mental state of mind, my energy and my focus, and my intentions. And so I'm very intentional about how I do things. And so um, I have one core model that if I run, if I come across you or we cross paths or we spend some time together, it is my hope that you would find our interaction one that was memorable in some kind of way. And it's not because I try to make something happen. I'm just trying to be a good human and make sure that our interaction was one that you would say, man, that guy was all right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome, man. What caused you to really take that first step towards diving into the entrepreneurial deep end or maybe the digital marketing agency um, and just the entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, entrepreneurship for me, I, I tell the funny kind of story. I think everyone has sort of this internal calling if they pay attention to it. And I didn't pay attention to it out of the gate, but I, I can look back as to when it hit me. And it, it hit me when I used to get out of my house and go to, my, go to the grocery store with my mom when she would go to the grocery store. And ironically, now I didn't want to be in the grocery store. I actually wanted to go to the magazine racks and look at magazines. And so it turned out that I was always looking at Entrepreneur, Fortune, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Business Opportunity Magazine. That was where my interest was. It wasn't on recreational vehicles. It wasn't on comic books, although I'm a huge comic uh, superhero fan. It was always on the business stuff. And I didn't really know that it was entrepreneurship, but I got to college and I was, um, you know, I signed up for electrical engineering and ended up working for Taco Bell and becoming a general manager when I was in college. So I'm exposed to this whole world of business, P&L you know, customer service, hiring, firing, staffing, ordering inventory, all of that good stuff, customer service, mystery shopping. You learn a lot actually at Taco Bell. I, I, I'm really blessed. I started as a fry cook and ended up as a general manager a few years later. Um, I learned a lot, but
but that pulling for business and entrepreneurship just seemed to be there. And I just decided, okay, change the electrical engineering major to finance. I actually thought I wanted to go work on Wall Street because I was really geeked out about money. But uh, entrepreneurship uh, became a line in the sand for me when a personal life situation happened. Again, going back to sort of mistakes, I made some mistakes in my 20s. I had a relationship with two children, uh, with the mother of my two children, my oldest two children, and, and we split. And she decided to move to another state in the country. And instantly, I had to figure out how to be a father from a distance. And I was having these entrepreneurial tendencies. And then when I looked at the dynamics of being a, uh, being a good father to, to, these, to my two boys from across state lines, corporate America wasn't going to have that schedule for me to travel back and forth to pick them up. They're eight and two at that time. How am I going to put them on a plane? I can't put them on a plane. I've got to go get them, right, for visitation. And so... For me, that was the line in the sand. It was, this looks like my best, best path. I decided to finally believe in myself. And uh, so it was part personal, but that, that, that nudging was there the whole time in my 20s, right? It was always, it was there at the magazine rack when I was 16 years old. Uh, I didn't honor it and step into it and own it until I was 29. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I guess kind of a follow-up question, what would you say to the person who's getting that nudge but they're not listening to it right now. Oh, <laughs> well, that was me, right? So it, I, I always, people ask me sometimes, what would I tell my 21-year-old self if I went back to 21? And I would just say, believe in yourself a little sooner. And everything that held me back was all in my head. I didn't have a whole bunch of entrepreneurial friends. Today, it's pretty much, it's normal now to have entrepreneurial friends. It's, it's normal now to have people that have side hustles and businesses and e-commerce stores with Shopify and all this stuff. But I didn't have, and, and I'm not making an excuse. What I'm going to say is I would have believed in myself a little sooner. And so for the listener who is on the edge, I would tell you, you know, A, can you accept risk? Because the minute you start a business, you are always at risk. And, and I get all these, you know, yeah, I, I've, I've, quote unquote, started multiple businesses. And, and, you know, obviously I had a couple of failures in there, but obviously things have been going well. The reality is you have to have a certain DNA, a certain definite natural ability to be able to handle uncertainty, right? Handle uncertainty. Most people, unfortunately, don't like uncertainty. They want the same, they, they'll complain about the nine to five job. They'll complain about their boss, but they won't know what to do the minute that check don't show up every other Friday, right? You've got to be able to com uh, keep commitments to yourself. So for the person that's on the fence, I would ask you, do you keep commitments to yourself? And I read a great book way back, way back in the day. And I want to say the title of it was called Make Your Bed. And I thought it was a perfect example of what you have to be committed to. You got to be committed to the small things. So uh, I'm not suggesting that this is going to be your defining moment as an entrepreneur, but right now, do you keep commitments such as when you say you're going to go to work, are you on time? When you are supposed to be on a 15-minute break, do you take 18 minutes and slide in because the boss didn't notice you? When you're supposed to get off at 5, do you cut out at 4.45? I'm obviously assuming that the person's working in corporate making the jump. Do you make your bed in the morning when you get out of it, or is it a mess? Um, I mean, I hate to make it sound like these are important things, but I've, I've, you can learn everything you need to learn about running a business, growing a business, and because of people on this planet that are good at everything, and they're accessible now in a global economy, 
there's nothing you can't get from a resource standpoint to grow your business. I always find, and the reason I think this 90% out of a 100% fail in the first five years, and then 90% of them fail, the ones that make it fail the next five years, is because they lose the vision for, for the uncertainty. They can't press their way through the uncertainty, and they can't keep commitments to themselves. They'll set a goal in January to do X, Y, Z in revenue, and they'll lose sight of that vision two, three weeks later. It's no different than the person who says, I want to lose 20 pounds and go to the gym. They get the membership, go to the gym for two weeks, never see them again. I've been seeing this for decades. I've been in a gym, I've been in a gym for a long time. So I think that's the thing I would tell people is um, you've got to have a real reason why. Why, didn't, why in the world do you even want it? Don't start it because it makes money. Don't start it because it's popular. You've got to be passionate. So you asked the question about digital marketing. Why did I get into digital marketing space? I was really successful in the mortgage industry. I was really good at real estate. It was actually, it was like running on a treadmill. It was walking on a sidewalk. It was like riding a bike. Well, I had a life plan that I wrote out working with a business and a life coach in 2006. And so when the market crashed, as I do every year anyway, I review my plan. I review my goals. I review my vision. I look to see if there's anything that's changed. The odd thing about it was, was at that moment, there were some things about the industry at that time, 2008, 2009, that had changed, not just the fact that the market crashed. That was not the issue because I recovered from the crash. But I started saying, if I stay in this industry, am I true to my vision? Is this going to get me to my vision? And the answer started, the answer started being, there were some no's, there were some no's going down the checklist. So now the question is, okay. What else is there available? Well, I started online marketing in 2003, 2004. We started our first internet marketing division in, that, in the company that I co-owned in 2006. I started on YouTube in 07 when it was just a baby, right? I started in, on Twitter in 08, 09, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And I'm generating revenue and I'm looking around and nobody's getting it. No one got it that when we started getting smartphones, and by the way, my first smartphone was a BlackBerry. The minute I got it in 2005 or four or six, whatever that was, I was like, the world is, the buyer's journey has changed. And then the smartphone, the iPhones and all that stuff came out. And there are still businesses to this day that just don't get it. They just don't get it. They are going to lose if they don't get this digital thing together. And so I'm just like, I can do this forever and helping. And the reason why is because I'm okay with change. Google changes their algorithm nine times, 10 times a day. Uh, Facebook, we already know what's going on with Facebook, Instagram algorithm. Everybody's trying, everybody's trying to game the system, but it's their system, right? But the customer acquisition process has never changed. These, these platforms change, but the process doesn't change. And so I'm like, Hey, I, I'm pretty good at this customer acquisition thing and it's going to happen on digital. And most people quit when they get bumped off of a Google first page because of an algorithm update or someone beat them in the pay-per-click ad auction or, 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 right. And I'm like, I just don't have problems with change. And so it, for all intents and purposes, I'm like, I'm, this is, this is well-suited for me. I was actually bored in the mortgage industry because it was so, <laughs> it was so routine. I got bored. I was just kind of, I mean, it's the same damn thing every time. And I'm like, and the money was good. Don't get me wrong, but, and, and certainly I could have restructured things, but that's, that's what made me take the leap. And uh, it's been fun. I love that. Well, awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. And uh, now I'm going to ask you if there are one or two people that you could meet right now to really help you take that next step. One or two people or types of people, either or, 
to really hmm. help you take that next step in the digital marketing agency coaching side of the business, the Mind Shift podcast, or just your vision for your life? Who would those people be and how would they do it? Ah, you know, um, this is going to sound crazy, but um, I've watched enough of the videos to think that I, I know a bit about the mindset of this person. I've watched, I've been a fan ever since he, he joined the league. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be able to meet him until I pass, but I would sit down with Kobe Bryant. And uh, I am a huge sports fan. I'm an admirer of those people who don't just reach the top of their game, but I'm a huge admirer of people that commit to the hard stuff when nobody's looking. And he said something in a video that came out before he passed, but it, 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 it just resonated with me. And I, I resonated with it, not to say that I'm a Kobe Bryant, but in my mind, I'm like a Kobe Bryant in, my, in, in what I do. And it just hit me the way he said it. And the reason I put in a lot of work, I, I've, there's other people who put in a lot of work. I mean, I put in a lot of work that nobody can see. And when some people ask me, how is it that you can see things that other people can't see in certain situations? Sometimes I actually don't know. But then it, when I watched this video, I, I, I heard Kobe say that it was, you know, he would get up and go to, to the gym at four o'clock in the morning, get him a two hour workout in, get back home at six, take a break, be at the Lakers. I'm making, I can't remember the exact numbers of, of the hours, but up at four to the gym, back at home at six, he already got a two hour workout in. The real practice was seven to nine with the team. He comes home 10 to 11, he rests. He goes back to the gym himself from 11 to 12, comes back, takes a break. He goes back to the gym with the team at three to five, and he's got his second workout with the team. And then after that, he goes back to the gym at seven, eight o'clock at night or whatever the case is. So he's worked out five times in a day when every other player, not just on his team, but in the league worked out two times. And he did that for years upon years upon years. And he said, when I do that, I have exponential advantages. They can't even come close to catching me. And I just thought about that. And I'm like, that makes sense. It isn't what people can see is where they develop the skill. It's what they did when you couldn't see them to develop the skill that puts them so far ahead. And so I'd love to sit down with him if, if there was the opportunity. That opportunity obviously won't happen in this lifetime. Um, what was the other part of that question? I apologize. Uh, who was the person I would meet? And what was, yeah, just how they would help you or who they would be and how they would help. So Kobe's great. Yeah. 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 They just, you know, I'm always, I'm guilty of, of pushing and pushing and pushing, but I think if you're ever going to do something great, you got to push. Um, I have had a, a cruise control sort of, I've had moments where I've been on cruise control and, and I recognize it and it actually makes me nervous sometimes when I'm on cruise control and I really have no reason to be nervous. Uh, so I get anxious like that a little bit from time to time. Um, but no, that's that Kobe would have been the guy. And, and I already, I've heard the words, but it would have been really cool to have, have uh, had a chance to sit down with him and, and just 17 years in the league, all the MVPs, the championships, the drama. And I don't want to hear it from, from what I heard on the media. I just, I just admired what he did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. What's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams? that everyday people can do to help me accomplish my dreams. Uh, be, be a bit more empathetic to the people that they meet and encounter in their lives. Um, I just got done saying this a couple of days ago. Um, 
people don't know not I used to walk in rooms when in my early 20s and my mid 20s when I was in business and be the only uh, person of color in the room and I'd be uh, there'd be a reason for me to be in the room it was an award event or or something of that nature and I'd be assigned a table right because that's what they do in these in these galas where you're wearing these suits and stuff tuxedos and you sit down at a table and nobody says anything to you because they don't look like you and they're not ready at that point to see somebody that looks not like them to be at a table. And I really struggled with it, trying to go through years of that where you don't get any interaction, not a hello, you say hello, but they don't say anything back. And I was fortunate. I didn't get called, you know, names uh, in, in, in outwardly uh, horrific ways. Uh, but I think the silence hurt even more, actually. So I had to struggle with that. So I think the word I would say is all of us could do a, a better job of, of being a bit more empathetic. Um, and I just think that makes the world better. That just don't make me better. That makes the world better. Um, the second thing is it would make me happy as all get out to just hear a lot less. Um, I wish I would have. I wish I could have, I wish I had a, <laughs> right? you know, no, I just, just go for it. The worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work out. I mean, literally they, I think the phrase that I've, I've just grown accustomed to, and I don't know where I first heard it, but you know, failure is uh, success is never final and failure is rarely fatal. And I don't know if it was credited to Winston Churchill or, or John Wooden. Of course, if you look at the internet, somebody will tell you who it's, I can never know who, how do you even know they said it, right? I mean, I don't know who said it, but I find these things and it resonates. Success isn't a one-time event, right? Success isn't a one-time event. You have to repeat the process that led to what you're calling a success. But then failure is rarely fatal. If you jump out of an airplane without a parachute, 35,000 feet, I guarantee that's failure. That's gonna be fatal one time only, you don't get to try that again. But in life, I think we don't do what we say we wanna do. We don't follow our dreams because we're afraid of other people's opinion about our attempt and failure. So I've got a, a secret to share with your audience. Don't tell them what you're going to do, right? Sometimes you just need to tell them what you did when it worked. And if it didn't work, they didn't know anything about it. It was between you and you. But so often in the human culture, in the human nature, we tell everybody our dreams. We tell everybody our ideas. We tell everybody what we want to do. And unfortunately, most people don't think about advancing their lives. They don't believe they've got control. And a lot of that has to do somewhat with, you know, I want to get into this, but has to do with our school systems and the way we're taught. We're taught to kind of be robots, go out, get a good job, learn this, get a good grade. And by the way, if you get a bad grade in school, you're a failure. No, you're not. You just may not know how to take tests that well. Maybe you didn't consume the information the way the other kid did. So we get conditioned to believe that failure is a problem. Listen, in, in, in entrepreneurship, I encourage my team every day of the week, do something and see how it works out. I want you to be creative. I want you to take action. I want you to look at the problem. I want you to use your ingenuity and your thoughts and creativity and the skill that God gave you to try to solve that problem. If it doesn't work, 
let us know what you did so we can iterate, we can change it. The worst thing happened, generally speaking, the worst thing happened generally is we'll lose a few dollars. And guess what? We can always make some more money. But I can't get more time because you were stifled in your ability to think and create and do. So I always tell people, do the thing that you think you want to do. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. You will learn, right? There's no such thing as failure. There's a, a, well, I believe that there's no such thing in failure unless you just quit following your dreams, right? You will have outcomes that may not be the outcome you want, but your outcome is not your identity. The outcome isn't the identity. It's the result of an action you took, and it may not have worked out the way you thought it was. But all of a sudden, but because you told 12 people, right? Now you've got to deal with the facing of those people who are like, I tell you so, tell you wasn't gonna work, right? And so I got a secret, don't tell nobody. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. Then show them what you did or tell them what you did when it happened and it worked your way. I mean, it's just, that's the big thing. Don't, don't give on your dreams. You only get a chance to do this thing one time, as far as I know. Uh, and you just got to go for it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So I guess my question is, what would you say to that person that is just like, their excuse is that they're just dead broke and they need that job to meet their bills the next month? What would you say to that person? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, I know exactly what to say to that person. So you work nine to five, you could work whatever, 11 to seven at midnight, whatever, don't matter what you work. If you work eight hours, you got to pay the bills, do that. But there are a whole bunch of other hours in the day, right? You should spend, I, I respect, pay your bills, do what you're, I'm not saying go be homeless and start a business. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying though, is stop watching Netflix, right? Stop hanging out with the friends. Look, you know how many times I didn't go to the club or go to a party in my twenties? when I'm trying to get my hustle on in the early days in the real estate time at that time. So find the out. If you're committed to the dream, you will find the time to get the things done. You'll find the time to get educated. And by the way, I'm not saying that everyone should try to do this, but YouTube university is far better than what I had. I never got free information. I had to pay for everything that I got in my twenties. I had to pay for courses and seminars, workshops, CDs, tapes, all these things I had to pay for today. YouTube university can get you started. I'm, I'm not saying YouTube University for free will get you to the promised land. What I will say is there's enough people, creators, who have produced information. Yes, they have something to sell you. Don't trip. They got something to sell you. <laughs> Either they're trying to sell you on your attention so that they can get paid by YouTube, or they're trying to sell you a product or a course or a seminar to take you deeper from the information that wet your whistle. All of it's business. It's just the way it works. But I didn't have all that. I, I, I would say this. I built my first website off the back of free YouTube tutorials. Me personally. Now I paid for someone to build the first website 2004, but when I built my website, my first WordPress website, 2008, 2009, I built it off of YouTube tutorials only. I didn't pay for any course. I just watched videos and learned how to do it. So there is no excuse. Time is no excuse. Uh, if you need eight hours of sleep, cut it down to six. I'm not saying burn the midnight oil all the time because I don't believe in that. I did a little bit of that. I'm not advising that. Um, but there's no excuse. There's no excuse related to having a job, having to pay the bills. Um, and here's the other side of it. Well, I want to start, the, and I don't know, different audiences, different products. I don't have any money to start a business. 
Okay. You don't need any money to start a business. You can start an Instagram account for free, right? You can start a Facebook account for free. You don't need everyone's, I bet you that same person who says they got to pay the bills has a smartphone, right? You can create content from your smartphone, right? There's enough free website platforms out there that you can use. I mean, so there's just no excuse today. Um, someone tells me they can't start a business with little or no cash today tells me they don't really want to start a business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, awesome. Let's jump into our thriving three now. And this is where I just ask you a couple of questions about you and how you thrive in life. So what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Book, movie, or podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. So I don't do everything it says. I don't, I, I don't know it cover to cover. I've never read it all the way through, but hundred percent, the Bible is my favorite book. Um, obviously, you, you know, we're looking at, you're looking at me on the screen and there's a whole bunch of books behind me. Um, but I, I go back to pieces of the Bible and I just, yeah, I got taught when I was a kid that the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And I, I don't get into religion and all that other stuff. I mean, I, I, I just, I just, the words just cross my path as I see fit. When I go to it, I find something that, that speaks to me and I put it to practice Again, I'm no, uh, I'm no, no saint. That's for sure. I, I make my fair share of mistakes, but that's the book I go to. If I wanted to go into the secular, um, I, I there's just too many books, man. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books, so I, I just don't have one that's favorite. If if we went topical, I could probably narrow it down. Um, yeah, movies first are crazy. First one that pops in your head. First book that pops in my head. Jeez. So I'm gonna have to give uh, Anthony Robbins credit for this one. Uh, Awaken the Giant Within was probably the book in my early 20s when I was a young person with very little money to invest in coaching and mentorship. He was in my ear on a regular. Um, I bought his Unlimited Power book. I ended up getting Awaken the Giant Within, which was, was his second book. I ended up buying his personal power series. I still reference the things I learned from that, that man from my 20s because it was one of the resources to help me deal with the mental side not tactically about real estate or sales businesses, but it really did guide me through those early years of my uh, entrepreneurial career. Um, so that would be the book I'd probably go to. Love it. Love it. Well, awesome, man. What is one way you like to care for yourself? Oh, one, uh, one way. Um, probably my favorite way right now is uh, I have a space, usually about 30 minutes or so in the morning, every morning, 30 to 45 minutes in the morning. And I just, uh, I put on my headphones, I turn on um, some meditation music. Sometimes it's rivers, streams, oceans. Sometimes it's just musical sounds that have high frequency. I just try to make sure I interrupt my brain in the morning from whatever may be lagging. Um, and, and, it, and while I'm doing that, I like to stretch and get my body awake. So I have a, a morning routine that takes 30 to 45 minutes. And that is actually a very special time for me in the morning before I get into the demands of the day, before I get into running my own show, being on shows, before I have to deal with the team email, um, I enjoy that first 30 to 45 minutes where uh, it, it just belongs to me. And actually it's more like an hour and a half that belongs to me because after that I take in some motivational information or uh, write or journal or I don't journal, what am I talking about? Uh, write or um, uh, jot down some thoughts for the day. So yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's my favorite self-care. There's, there's others, but that's my favorite one. Awesome. 
Love it. And what's one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to keep taking those next steps towards your dreams? I got to, my, the, the thing I fight right now is complacency. (laughs) Um, I fight complacency, man. Um, I fight comfort. Uh, my, one of my mentors is Brendan Bouchard and he, you know, I fight comfort and complacency. Um, how do you, I feel like, I feel like I've been fortunate to be in this business game for a long time. I don't have anything else to prove. I don't have anything to prove technically, but it's really up to, it's, it's my own vision that we talked about earlier. And I could easily say I've done enough. I can easily say I've impacted enough companies. I've impacted enough entrepreneurs and the trickle down effect that of what hopefully has happened. uh, I'll never even see the whole benefit of that. I won't know how many employees have been affected from my strategies or my companies, you know, work with those companies. I'll never know how many jobs were created. I'll never really know how much income was created in communities because that's really the, the driving force. I'll never know how many people took vacations off. I, I just won't know. Um, I really don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know what that's going to look like. So I, I have to continue to realize that um, I, I'm not comfortable. I, I don't want to get comfortable and I don't want to get complacent. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Man, you got, you have a bunch of great questions, man. I love your question. Your questions made me do some, some tough thinking, man. So I really appreciate your platform. Uh, I really appreciate you having me. I always, I love, love, love people that are willing to create a platform uh, and share content and, and really help other people that are listening. So I hope that your listeners today have heard something. Uh, my, it's always my goal to, to share at least one thing that Hopefully someone heard that would be a game changer for them. And um, I just, uh, I'm very appreciative and and grateful that you uh, had me here to talk today. Yeah, for sure. No, we love to have you on. And if you guys are listening to to this and you loved what Daryl had to say, and maybe you took a nugget from it, make sure to contact him and tell him, tell him you appreciate it and appreciate him coming on the show and send this show to somebody, you know, needs to hear this message. Make sure to listen to the mind shift podcast and yep yep uh, just wherever you're listening (laughs) wherever you're listening to this show uh you should be able to look up the mind shift podcast with daryl evans and uh, if you that'd be the easiest way to connect with me is uh, if you enjoyed today's show uh wherever you're listening to this show just uh look up the mind shift podcast and i'll see you there absolutely well there we go (laughs) daryl thank you for coming on the show guys thank you for watching go ahead and leave us a five-star review on itunes and we're out thank you tim Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.